The obsession began on June 12, 2008, around 11.23 a.m. Though secretly, Emmy Wilde considered it more of a spiritual connection than an actual full-blown neurosis. Of course, her brother Mark, her mother, and a series of therapists all begged to disagree. Thankfully, her best friend Jasmine regularly validated the connection and considered herself to be Emmy's guide through this divinely mystical union of predestined souls. Her words, not Emmy's. Mark asserted that Jasmine was not so much a guide as an incense-addled enabler. Again, his words, not Emmy's. Emmy was just grateful that anyone considered the whole affair normal, even if it was only Jasmine's loose sense of normal. Jasmine always insisted Emmy come with her to estate sales, and this one outside Portland, Oregon, proved no exception. Though Jasmine contended this particular estate sale would be significant for Emmy, rambling on about circles colliding in the vast cosmic ocean, creating necessary links between lives, blah, blah. All typical Jasmine speak. Emmy brushed it off, assuming that Jasmine really just wanted someone to organize the trip, plan the best route to avoid traffic, find a quirky restaurant for lunch, entertain her on the long drive from Seattle. At the estate sale, Emmy roamed through stifling tents, touching the cool wood of old furniture, the air heavy with that mix of dust, mothballs and disuse that marks aged things. Jasmine predictably disappeared into a corner piled with antique quilts, hunting yet again for that elusive log cabin design, with black centers instead of the traditional red. But Emmy drifted deeper, something pulling her father and father into the debris of lives past and spent. To the trace of human passing, like fingerprints left in the paint of a pioneer cupboard door. Stark and clear. Usually Emmy would have stopped to listen to the stories around her, the history grad student in her analyzing each detail. Yet that day she didn't. She just wandered, looking for something something specific. If only she could remember what. Skirting around a low settee in a back corner, Emmy first saw the antique trunk, a typical mid-nineteenth century travelling chest, solid with mellow aged wood. It did not call attention to itself, but it stood apart somehow, almost as if the air were a little lighter around it. She first opened the lid out of curiosity, expecting the trunk to be empty. Instead, she found it full. Carefully shifting old books and papers, Emmy found nothing of real interest. Until she reached the bottom right corner. There, she found a small object tucked inside a brittle cotton handkerchief. Gently unwrapping the aged fabric, she pulled out an oval locket, untouched and expectant. Filigree covered the front, its gilt frame still bright and untarnished, as if nearly new. Emmy turned the locket over, feeling its heft in her hand, the metal cool against her palm. It hummed with an almost electric pulse. How long had the locket lain wrapped in the trunk? Transparent crystal partially covered the back. Under the crystal, two locks of hair were woven into an intricate pattern, one bright and fair, the other a dark chocolate brown. Gilded on top of the crystal, two initials nestled together into a stylized gold symbol. She touched the initials, trying to make them out. One was clearly an F, 
but she puzzled over the other for a moment, tracing the design with her eyes. And then she saw it. Emmy sucked in a sharp breath. An E. The other initial was an E. She opened the locket, hearing the small pop of the catch. A gasp. Her hands tingled. A sizzling shock started at the back of her neck and then spread. Him. There are moments in life that sear into the soul. Brief glimpses of some larger force. When so many threads collapse into one, coalesce into a single truth. Seeing him for the first time was one of those moments. He gazed intently out from within the right side of the locket. Blonde, blue-eyed, chiselled with a mouth hinting at shared laughter.